start to get an itch and you start to scratch. Skin sores. Kidney disease. Rheumatic heart disease. Rheumatic fever. Frosted scabies. Streptococcal infection. Preventable, treatable, curable. That's where all the sickness comes from. Though long banished to the history books in the modern urban setting, scabies is a disease that is an everyday reality in the remote Indigenous communities of the Northern Territory. One Disease is a not-for-profit organisation that aims to eliminate crusted scabies, the most serious form of the condition, as a public health concern. In this podcast series, we scratch the surface to reveal the history and origin of scabies, current treatment strategies, and just how One Disease plans to achieve their ambitious goal. Scratching the surface, the scabies story. G'day, and welcome to this episode of Scratching the Surface, the scabies story, brought to you by One Disease. I'm Brad Firebraze, and here with me in Studio G in Darwin is my old mate, Jacko. All right, Brad. Today, we have two guests with us from One Disease, CEO Michelle Dowden. Hi, Brad. And community worker, Genevieve Dodds. Hi, Brad. It's good to be here. To you first, Michelle, the One Disease mission is to eliminate crusted scabies as a community health concern. Can you explain the difference between elimination and eradication? So the difference between elimination and eradication is elimination refers to attempting to get rid of disease at a local geographical area, whereas eradication refers to a global thing. So we talk about elimination because we're actually talking about elimination of crusted scabies in a defined geographical area. Uh, initially in the NT, and then we were spreading across to Queensland and WA. I just want to add there in regards to um, this program, another initiative that's probably happening at the same time, and that's closing the gap. Are you able to just comment on that as far as your work so far, and we're making inroads into that? I think... Closing the gap is a term that we all who work in the Indigenous health area, we're committed to. And our small contribution to that, I guess, at One Disease is working with crusted scabies because crusted scabies clients are contributing to simple scabies amongst the kids. And the reason that scabies is a problem for kids is that they scratch their skin because the scabies causes intense itching and then they get breaks in the skin and the breaks in the skin uh, then contribute to having streptococcal infection, which is the underneath story for rheumatic heart disease. So that's kind of, I guess, why we would see that we're contributing to closing the gap because by tackling this one disease of crusted scabies and then scabies, we're actually then preventing uh, the ongoing problem that can occur with rheumatic heart disease, which sadly is hugely contributing to the burden of disease and death in Indigenous communities. Now, Michelle, uh, you led the development of one disease crusted scabies elimination plan. Tell me what the plan includes and how it's being implemented. Yeah, so the elimination plan, it was interesting back in 2016 when we were all kind of tasked with 
putting an elimination plan together for crusted scabies. And I was really drawn back in 2016 to looking at the elimination plan that Donald Henderson used for the eradication plan for smallpox. Another kind of interesting thing about going back to 2016 when we kind of started working on that elimination plan was that Donald Henderson died that year. It was also the year that Prince died. And so Prince's um, death was like huge in 2016. But poor old Donald Henderson, who'd done this amazing thing for smallpox, he kind of like flew under the radar a bit. So we, as a team, we all kind of went back and looked at those principles that Donald Henderson had used for smallpox eradication. And they're pretty basic principles. Like he used local workforce. So that's something that really resonates with all of us in the team. We all really know and appreciate the importance of using local workforce. And the other principles, you've got to have targets. So we have the target of preventing recurrences. And then you just have these kind of simple goals, which we've only got two main goals that we work to and are committed to as the team. And Jen's here and she can probably kind of talk about some of the ways that we do that. So we have this simple goal of improving the detection of crusted scabies and then the other goal of preventing recurrences without putting her on the spot. (laughs) Yeah, no. And you know what, Michelle, that's actually fine because a lot of the work that I do in community is in regards to those two little goals that we have. So improving detection, I actually get to go around to clinics and help educate health staff about, you know, detecting scabies and also local people as well, educating them and empowering them to be able to understand what scabies is and kind of identify that in themselves. I might just get a bit more relationship about scabies and crusted scabies. Can you tell us the difference between those two? So scabies is actually a little mite. And I've had scabies. So having the condition scabies means that you're infected on your body by this little mite and it burrows under the skin and it causes intense itching. They say that you can have up to 14 scabies mites on your body at any one time. But what happens with crusted scabies? I always like to describe crusted scabies as a bit like scabies on steroids. So whereas when you have simple scabies, you've got maybe 14 on your body, when people have crusted scabies, they can have up to millions on their body. Whenever we do presentations, we never like to do them just after lunch because it really kind of puts (laughs) people off because some of the pictures of people with crusted scabies are a little bit kind of alarming. Mm. And it's another kind of reason that people don't actually present with crusted scabies because they feel a lot of shame. There's a lot of shame and stigma associated with having crusted scabies. But some people might be out there thinking, geez, you know, I wonder why you can go from 14 to millions on your body. The way that we like to describe it is if you've just got simple scabies and you're scratching, so your immune response is to actually scratch. However, people with crusted scabies don't actually have uh, good immune systems. So they're not scratching. And so the scabies are actually on the duck's nuts and they're just like reproducing all the time. So you get like millions of them. The term that we use is core transmitters. So people, you know, might be familiar with super spreaders when they think about COVID. Well, people with crusted scabies are like the super spreaders of simple scabies. 
you can imagine if we were all sitting in this room now and Jen had crusted scabies, her millions of mites would be infecting us really quickly. All right. It's just making me itch just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm itching. <laughs> Scratching the surface. The scabies story. Brought to you by One Disease. So, Jacko, can you tell me how you're involved in this program and what you do? Well, I'm happy to be working with One Disease. I think it's a good approach. I'm excited to be on board. I'm not a health professional. I'm not a registered nurse or a doctor or physician, but I'm a community sort of engagement person where, I mean, words mean things to us mob, you know, countrymen, Aboriginal mob. So One Disease... I see it as sort of more achieving because I see it as just one disease. We're not dealing with a whole range of diseases and illnesses. So, you know, we have our specialists and our doctors and our nurses and they all want one piece of one human, you know, whether it be type 2 diabetes or heart disease or oral health care or eye care and everyone wants a piece of you. But there's one disease that sort of focuses on one aspect that's easy to deal with, and I think the old story about Aboriginal men being strong, fierce warriors, Aboriginal men will fight something to protect, to keep away an enemy, so to speak. So when you have a look at this uh, scabies or this germ or this ugly parasite that you only can see under a microscope, they talk about being a strong warrior and fighting an enemy you can't see. And I think that's an important thing to take on board. So, you know, we need to talk about stories of how we can kill this enemy that we can't see that's affecting our people. And um, and I think those messages are getting through. The other aspect of that is health promotion. And I talk about imparting that knowledge and giving people that information so they are allowed to then understand and comprehend what it is that's going on and then make informed choices for themselves and their families. And that's the health promotion principles. And it's about severing the umbilical cord of dependency and mastering self-responsibility. Now, Michelle, back to you. Can you tell us a little bit more about why monitoring strategies are needed once people with crustus gabies complete their treatment? Because at One Disease, we have to know how we're tracking because we're funded by the Commonwealth Department of Health and we're also funded by some philanthropic. So we have a responsibility to those people who fund us to let them know how we're tracking. It is important for us to understand that we are improving, but it's also equally important for us to get that information back to other stakeholders and back to community. Because if community people are not understanding that this program is successful, then it really doesn't have the same impact as just doing a program without meaningful monitoring and evaluation. So we do, again, getting back to the main principle, which is engaging local community to be almost like the architects and the people that we work alongside to deliver this program, that has to have that full feedback cycle of providing them with information about the numbers of people that we have with crusted scabies, the way that we can get people to live in scabies-free zones by using information about prevalence of scabies, doing scabies-free days. So all of that is within that kind of monitoring aspect. 
we really are trying to get people affected by the condition to be in control of the condition. What happens on the Healthy Skin Days that you have out in community? The Healthy Skin Days are interesting, actually. They've got a long history in the NT. In the Northern Territory, big communities back in the 90s were doing days where they would treat everyone on one day with Mm. likely. And they used to have clean up the house competitions, put mattresses in the sun. And, And so there is a long kind of history of scabies treatment days in the NT. What we're doing is revamping those, I guess. Firstly, we're working to understand what the prevalence of scabies is in communities because what we know is that people in community are not necessarily recording simple scabies well in their electronic systems. So when people say to us, oh, we've got lots of scabies at the moment, we say, oh, how do you know that? And they don't necessarily have good data in the system. So what we're proposing is that the communities, with our help, conduct random samples of 20% of the population to work out what the prevalence of scabies is. And then we're feeding that information back to community. And if there's simple scabies at 10% or above, then we're recommending these healthy skin days. But rather than just do one day, what we're proposing and what we've been working with is treating the whole community on two days, seven days apart. So you've got to kill the mite today and then in a week's time, you've got to kill those hatched eggs. So what we do is we do a lot of work leading up to that. We work with local community, get the message out about what's going to happen on that day. So essentially what will happen on the day is we'll come to your house and we'll provide either ivermectin if you're an adult or Lyclear for kids under five and everyone will have the treatment on one day and then we'll come back exactly a week later and everyone will have the treatment again. So that might sound like a massive exercise, and it kind of is a massive exercise, but it becomes a lot easier with all of the lead-in work that we do. Fighting many diseases by targeting one disease, scabies. Scratching the surface, brought to you by OneDisease.org. I think um, some of the resources that we use are user-friendly. I mean, for argument's sake, we have a storytelling tool because we need to consider in the Northern Territory we have over 127 distinctly spoken Aboriginal languages and underneath that 200 to 400 dialects. So if you think about um, healthcare and dealing with all these different language groups and therefore health comprehension. It makes it difficult. So One Disease have a storytelling tool in um, Gringi, Brada, Yungomata, Champaripingo, Kupapingo, Arandai, Lurcha, Pichanjara, Tiwi, Murunpata, Anandiliakwa, you know, and all these other different languages. And I think that helps that comprehension, that health comprehension. And we have to build up people's capability and capacity as far as their health knowledge, and then making them make the choices and seeking us as support people to walk with them on this journey about getting rid of this thing. Genevieve? I use the storytelling tool nearly every day when I'm in community. Quite often, you know, we're asked to follow up with a household who are having problems with scabies or recurrent scabies and whatnot. 
Uh, so we'll actually go down to the household, myself and community-based worker in Galawinku, quite often an Aboriginal health worker as well, sit down with the family, kind of have a talk about what is going on, you know, what are the major concerns. When we discuss scabies, we do, you know, bring out the storytelling tool and almost immediately the attitude towards the tool is really positive because it's one of those things that's it's in people's language and so automatically the local people are really intrigued. They really want to listen because it's quite often education isn't provided in language in an audio sense that's not spoken through like a health worker or a translator. So it's kind of information that's the same all along. So it's the same story that every single person's getting in that language. And so I think people feel really empowered by that because they can talk to their own family and they're sharing that same story. Often, you know, you go to do education with just the parents and then the kids hear the language being spoken and they all really want to come over and have a look at the iPad because it is their language and obviously they do react better to stuff in language. I think the main kind of point about the engagement of the local workforce, which is in the plan, is without these uh, resources that we're able to develop, we don't leave anything behind. And so that's the other important point about us and the elimination plan is we do have the cutoff point. So we want to ensure that those ways of working with scabies continue beyond us. So the storytelling tool is something that we can leave behind. And I think Jen really well described how it can be used. So the storytelling tool has been designed that it can be used at a family group area. It can also be used in the waiting room. So Jen often spends time in the baby clinic waiting room with people and goes through the story. The way to download the storytelling tool is well described on our website. So, you know, if you have an iPad or a a tablet, yeah, you can easily download it. And and then after One Disease, we've um, had negotiations with the Health InfoNet people about hosting all of our resources that live beyond us on Health InfoNet. Why don't you think people with crustless scabies um, seek treatment? People actually feel a lot of shame and there's a lot of stigma with going up to the clinic and maybe you're going to be judged because you haven't got squeaky, shiny, healthy skin. So people feel a lot of shame. And that's, I guess, why our approach in really ensuring that we're working with all of the different community groups to tell them about the shame that's involved with people having crusted scabies and to think really sensitively about how you engage those people who might have it. There's some great stories, Jen, isn't there, that people that haven't got treatment and then they present to the clinic. Yeah, you know, I've had um, those light bulb moments with young women, young mums, the light bulb moment of we can treat this before it gets to skin sores. So before your child's got these really bad infected skin sores and they're having to go and get an LAB, a needle, to treat those, you can actually treat scabies before it gets to that point. And, you know, being able to help people have those light bulb moments and that understanding is, like, really awesome. I love that's, like, one of the favourite things about the job. But, yeah, I've worked with lots of different families where there's been recurrent scabies in kids, lots and lots of scabies, and just not understanding where that scabies is coming from, working really hardcore with those families, doing some education, and then finding that there is, you know, an older person living in that house with a bit of crusted scabies that's contributing to the higher mite load in that house and making those recurrences happen in the kids. 
So it's about, yeah, working with those families, creating those relationships and really helping people understand that it's not just about what they're doing in their house, but it could be just something behind the doors like that. I might just sort of say there that uh, there was an example where I saw uh, a family living and uh, there seemed to be more people in the house than normal. But that was quite a um, clean looking house, but they had some problems with scabies. And then in comparison, I saw another house that didn't have so much people in. It wasn't as clean in comparison to the other house and nobody had scabies. Now the point I'm making is that Scabies isn't about having a dirty house. Scabies is about human-to-human transmission. And it's about how well you control that. Um, So, Michelle, do you see this as a successful program? It's interesting. Within the team, the One Disease team, what we talk about internally is being one approach. So we think that the way that we are working is completely transferable to other programs. Getting back to your question about is it successful, I do think we are successful. Our quarterly dashboards telling us that we're keeping the recurrence rate below 5%, which is one of our big KPIs. But we measure success by our engagement with community. So when we go to community, even though there are a lot of competing priorities, um, and we're really conscious of that because in the Indigenous health area, there are people that fly in and fly out delivering programs around ear health, heart health, eye health, and communities can get hammered by visiting services. I think we know it's successful because even in the context of that really huge competing demands that we're up against, people still want us to work with them. And I think that that is a measure of success. And those things, I think, if we talk about success, I think that those things are transferable to other programs. Scratching the Surface, the Scabies Story, produced by Skinny Fish Music for One Disease. You can download other episodes or the whole series from your favourite podcast provider. And for more information and resources, head to our website, at one disease.org.